0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Choose Strong Podcast. I am your host, Sally McCrae, and I'm very happy that you decided to download this particular episode because it's a great topic for everyone, young and old, whatever you're working on this year. I really love speaking about, I'll just say it, it gets, we're gonna be talking about consistency today and my formula for staying consistent. So, um, you know, before I get started, though, but I'm, before I go down uh, that that whole message, um, I do want to acknowledge the response we've gotten from our last episode, uh, where we asked people to leave a podcast review and a rating, and I just need to tell you, thank you. If you're brand new to our podcast, this is the first time you've ever listened to before, I encourage you to to listen to a few of the episodes just right before this. And one of the things that we asked is that um, people would leave a rating and review. It really means a lot to us. And uh, Eddie and I have been reading all of them. Sometimes if I'm out and about, Eddie will screenshot them and send them to me in a text. So I just want you to know that your words do mean a lot to us. And we just thank you so much for being a part of this community. Second, I want to bring to light the work that you are currently doing right now. So whether you are driving to work, you're doing the laundry, making a meal, or running, I know a big community, uh, a big group of you run while you listen to our podcast. You might be lifting, riding, uh, whatever whatever it is that you're doing. I'm especially stoked that I get to be in your ear and that I get to hang out with you right now. And just in case you think otherwise, I think you are doing a great job. You're here today, and that's always, always a good thing, just being here. So let's talk about my consistency formula. As I shared in episode 41, which was the mind shift to achieving more, if you want to check that one out. Um, that also happens to be one of our most popular, most shared episodes, I thought I'd use this episode to actually share with you some specifics that have helped me stay consistent over the years. So in 41, I talk a lot about how just being consistent, saying yes every single day, it Can totally change your mindset. It can totally help you shift into a place where you're achieving more, and every day you're working toward that goal. But today, um, I'm going to just give you some insight and some tips um, that I have used over the years and in my everyday life to stay consistent in achieving whatever goal I have set for myself. So, um, I'm just gonna first start off by saying that it's it's very common that I hear from people in the community who are feeling sluggish or lacking in motivation. I also communicate with people who are frustrated with how they can routinely start a project. So it isn't always, the the hard part isn't starting. They will start a project and let's say, a, or a training plan with enthusiasm and gusto only to later lose steam four or five weeks later. So I first want to address that these are not unique cases. In fact, I really do believe that deep down, everyone wants to work and achieve. I think it's woven into the fabric of humans I could also use the word create, you know, I, I think that we're naturally creative and I'm not just talking about people who are artistically inclined or those who are like in the music and film industry. I think humans feel fulfilled when they are creating, when they're making something, whether it's creating a plan to reach a goal or Uh, creating a home or even a relationship, I think, of what it takes to create like a special event and watch it successfully come to fruition. So touching back on my introduction, it's common that people come to me with this frustration, that they find it difficult to stay consistent in whatever it is that they're creating or working toward which is why I wanted to touch on this topic today. I have some lifelong tips and insights I wanna share with you that you can implement today. And as always, I, I really do want to leave you feeling encouraged by the end of this podcast. So if you're at home and you want to jot these down, grab a pen, otherwise if you're out for a run, And as I always say, when you're out for a run, try and remember one or two things that really jump out to you and hold on to them. You know, you can always go back and replay this episode later. So ingredients for staying consistent. Number one, a plan that starts at night. So that's our first ingredient, having a plan that starts at night. So you're probably wondering, what do you mean starts at night? I'm talking about the the night before your day begins. This is so important that you understand that what you plan that night before is absolutely going to set you up for success for the next day. So a couple of things that I like to do, um, you know, you can keep a notebook, notes on your phone, a whiteboard, a corkboard, a mirror that you can write on, Post-it notes, something where you are physically writing. Now, I do like handwriting better than typing, especially because there's just something about physically taking the time to write out words. Um, you can also, you know, if, if you're one that's trying to limit the screen time, you can keep a notebook on your nightstand or next to your bed somewhere and just pull that out and write. It's a very therapeutic and calming um time when you can sit and write. I, but I also understand sometimes we are more efficient when we can just get the stuff out on our phone and then it's, you know, it's always with us. So however it is that you want to write out your plan, choose something that works for you. <laughs> Staying consistent means you are writing down your plan before you go to bed. And I'm not talking about a long journaling session. So make a quick list, bullet points, this should not be a stressful activity. And I think sometimes this is another like side topic attached to this when people say that they get frustrated. It just, everything becomes too much work. Um, I actually posted a story about this earlier today. I was talking about supplements and how Like, how many I take. You know, it's like I start off my day with electrolytes and greens and reds, and then I have, you know, my multivitamin, the omega-3s, and my strong joints and my vitamin D. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of biohacks and morning routines and daily routines like floating around there. And I'm like, wow, a lot of this stuff is like just how long it takes to accomplish these things or the extra time that's required to plan and prepare. I mean, I know just that in and of itself can feel overwhelming. And so um the story that I did today I was showing all the supplements I had like 15 pills in this little tiny Uh, bowl. And I was kind of giggling about that. Now, I'm very organized with my supplements, like when I take them, where I put them, and it's just quick grab and go. And I have a a way of implementing them into my breakfast um, and my gym routine. So I never miss them. And it took me some time to kind of figure that out because, you know, I just knew that, okay, I need to take my supplements and I'll just kind of get to it whenever. But I had to create a routine in order to successfully take them. And so now it's like I have a set cupboard where it's all my supplements, everything that's sports nutrition related, it is in this cupboard. I even have a little cup that I keep them there and I dump all my supplements in this cup for the day. Um, And then I have my water bottles with my greens and reds and electrolytes literally right next to that cupboard. And so I know that that is the routine that I do each day. So, um, I don't want this plan the night before to be something that you feel like, okay, I have to have this 30-minute journaling session. You don't need to do that. This needs to be quick. It needs to work with your current lifestyle. And that's why I said even having like a notepad or Post-its next to your bed, uh, you know, bullet points, it's going to be really powerful for you. So it should not be stressful. So what is your plan for the next day? Well, your plan starts the night before. Now, I've never lived a work-free, stress-free life ever. Um, I would love to have a stress-free life, but I think that stress comes in all different forms, especially if you're a parent. (laughs) And so um, I have a lot on my list every single day. Um, There's many different portals of my business and what it is that I do, in addition to being an athlete, a mom. um, There's a lot of things that I'm juggling, you know, each day. And from the time I was a kid, I was very used to taking care of people, holding down multiple jobs, all while going to school. So, yes, I am 100% aware that. Even when you make a plan, so even when you write down that list the night before, sometimes that plan gets disrupted because you get a flat tire or your kid wakes up in the middle of the night with a fever or the report you were working on took four more hours than expected or you got stuck in traffic. But this is also why you make a plan the night before. So number one is simply write down your plan the night before, write down what it is that you want to accomplish the next day, which leads me right into ingredient number two. Determine what is important and what is urgent. I can't express enough how powerful this ingredient was in my life after I understood the difference between what is important and what is urgent because they are not the same thing. Now, yes, sometimes your tasks can fall under both important and urgent, but knowing the difference between these two and having the ability to define your day will help you not only eliminate distractions and idle time, but you're just going to be able to get more accomplished because you can always go back and ask yourself, is this important or is this urgent? And if they don't fall under those two categories, uh, what category is it falling under? Is, is it a distraction? Is it idle time? Is it is it useless? Like what? Like what is this thing that's, you know, on my list right now? But I also have to bring up that sometimes it's other people who make you feel like their important task is your urgent matter when in fact it's not. And so this is another reason why you need to differentiate between the two. And taking care of the urgent matters first uh, is very important. You know, those, those should you should take care of those first because um, urgent matters have deadlines. But be wise here. Someone else's important matter should not be on your urgent list. And I'll say that again. Someone else's important matter should not be on your urgent list. And really think about that. I, I am not saying, um, you know, ignore your family and, and don't do good for others and, and have kindness and, and be selfless. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the day-to-day tasks that you just need to get done. We all have our work to do and it's important that you understand that, that your work is important and especially as it comes to goals and things that you're working toward. If you don't see your goals and your dreams as important, no one else will either. And if you don't understand how to differentiate between someone else's in, important uh, tasks that are now coming onto your urgent list, um, it's going to be really hard for you to work on your important tasks or working toward those goals because you're always going to be doing stuff for other people. So I could talk, I could spend a a very long time talking about that, especially as it relates to, um, you know, businesses and startups and and even working for other people when you're in a job that, that you don't like. Um, so, but I'll pause right there, know the difference between important and urgent matters. Um, I, I really think that even as parents, I'm going to add this in there because I, I do know we have a, a, a good community of parents in here. I think it's really important that we teach this to our kids because we want to raise our kids to be responsible for their own work, but also to respect the work of others. And so I'm going to use just a a very... Um, common example. Um, one example I like to talk about is when moms in particular, they will come to me and say, you know, my kids are so busy. Um, we have sport practice, you know, throughout the week. And especially if you have multiple kids, three, four or five kids, it can be really overwhelming. And so then they'll say, I-, I, I don't have time to work out, but let's think about this message, um, for a minute. If we are, if we are communicating that to our kids, if we are, um, Letting our kids hear us also say that, well, because my kids are going to sports practice, I can't train or I can't work out. I can't do my, my own practice. So ask yourself, is working out or training for a fitness goal or a race only important when you're a child? How about, and these are just ideas, what would happen if you dropped your kid off at practice and you went to your own practice and you actually communicated that to your kid? Or maybe you set up a carpool to allow yourself time to train. You know, you worked with other people on the team where you do pick up, someone else does drop off. And I know this, not everyone has that luxury in in the community they're in, but is that possible for you? You know, you could also arrive back at your kid's practice 30 minutes early and walk or run around the field while they finish up. Let your kids see you training. Talk to your kids about how you are so proud of the training they are putting in and that training is equally important to you. Teach your children to be supportive of you just as you are abundantly supportive of them. Training and health and fitness should be lifelong endeavors. So keep these things on your important list. Now, again, that is just one example. And Teaching your kids that too is, is so powerful. But you know, here's another example um, that that came to mind. You know, last year when I was finishing my book, um, which was extremely important to me because it had been many many years of putting it off, um, many years of not having good planning and and also fear kind of taking over that I didn't finish that book. But um, at the beginning of last year, I was kind of in the home stretch of of finishing it. And it took the front seat over 90% of my daily activities for a couple months. I knew it would be for like a season as I was getting the book like to the finish line. If I had urgent matters, I did those right away. Okay. The book was incredibly important, but there were other things that were urgent deadlines. So I had to do those first. Sometimes I would take care of those urgent matters by waking up earlier and then I would write all day. This was vital to me to be finishing the book. And my entire family knew that. So again, it was I, I had to learn to communicate that to my kids, to Eddie, that this is this is absolutely important to me. And it's gonna be a little intense for these, you know, six, it was like six, eight weeks of of doing the final touches on it. So, this was vital to me finishing. My family knew it. Now, some days I didn't write at all because family events and special occasions were the most important thing to me. So, writing was secondary. I also learned how important it was to communicate what was urgent and important for the day to Eddie since we worked together, which turned out to be incredibly helpful, but is not natural to me. See, I, I, I tend to be more of the kind of person that just wants to do it all by myself. I learned a lot in that too, that communicating to Eddie what was urgent and what was important just helped us uh, be supportive of one another. And he was very helpful to me in, in those weeks when I was finishing the book. So on the days where I wrote for more than 10 hours, he stepped in to help with tasks that I typically took care of. So we were a team. And I have learned that my urgent and important list changes often and with the seasons. But being able to clearly state the difference between urgent and important has really helped me remove distractions and clutter from my day, which in turn has helped me to consistently work towards my goals. And my goals are very important. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of the relationships that I am most proud of in my life is the relationship I have with Eddie James McCray, And I'll tell you what, a common misconception about strong relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. You know, sometimes the best relationships happen when both people choose to put in the work to make them great. And i I believe therapy can be a great place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. In past experience, I have found that therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma or have major challenges in life. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash choose strong today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp slash choose choose strong. Number three, something over nothing and done over perfect. So ingredient number three, I'm going to say it again, something over nothing and done over perfect. One of my favorite ingredients, doing something each day is always better than nothing. And in that same breath, done sounds so much better than dragging your heels to complete something because it's not perfect. Now, I can attest, I have been stuck in the, well, if it's not totally amazing, perfect, I don't wanna do it. I have been there many times in my life. Now I'm at the stage where I can quickly identify that about myself and I say, I then tell myself this, we can always go back, we can always edit, tweak, fix, redo, recreate, but if I have nothing completed to work with, I will always have nothing. So um, going back to my book for an example here, even after dozens of rough drafts and two professional editors, I still found fault in the chapters. Editing a book is, in my opinion, is one of the hardest parts of writing a book. And I'll tell you what, had I held on to the it needs to be perfect, if I held on to that, that it just needs to be perfect mindset, that book would still not be published. Even with the flaws, and a lot of the flaws might only be what I personally see, the book has been a bestseller and top of the charts since it was released. So even though I see all those flaws and things that I could have changed and re-edited, it's published, it's been on the top charts, it's doing fine. And, and you know what is so cool too? There's still a lot more books to be written. And, you know, and I see a lot of people do this too, where they they put out a revised version of their book. They put out a revised version of, of their bestseller. Um, there's there's actually some revised versions in my category, one of the categories that my book is in, um, that are in the top 10 charts uh in in the category that my book is in that that are just revised. So these books did great when they were first released, and then they went and revised it, rewrote it again, and now it's still in this top chart. So I think there's uh, something to be said about that. When you create something, when you are working toward a goal, understand that once you achieve that thing, you're not done with your life. You're not done learning and trying and improving you can always approve upon something you create. You can always learn and grow after achieving something. I mean, think of this, um, at, in the way that we look at a running race, if you are currently working toward running your first half marathon or your first marathon, after you achieve it, that doesn't mean that you have to be done Even if you achieve the time that you were hoping to achieve, if you set that personal best, um, you can go back to the drawing board and you can set a new goal for the marathon distance. And whether it's to run it faster or run it on trail, run a hilly road course, run in a different state, run at altitude, run with friends. I mean, just think about that. And I think sometimes we paralyze ourselves on our journey to completing something, and this is even where we mo- lose motivation after those four or five weeks, because it's not perfect. because it's it, it isn't going according to what I had planned. But I'll tell you what, and I'll repeat it, something is better than nothing and done is better than perfect. So the goal is to always be growing. You should never, ever, ever think that you're done growing. The only time you're done growing is when you reach that final finish line at the end of your life. But I don't care if you're 80, 90, 110 years old. You still, if you are alive, you have the ability to grow. You have the ability to learn. You have the ability to try again. See, it's it's so easy to focus on the imperfections, or hyper focus on the woulda, coulda, shoulda, and then miss out on completing something. So. Friends, get it done. And I've said this many times using a running goal as an example, you might not be able to get that six mile run in today. And for likely really good reason, especially for my 60 hour a week workers and full time parents, but you must do something today. Why? Because you must train your brain to be consistent no matter the circumstance so no, the six mile run won't happen, but guess what? A 30 minute hit workout on YouTube is going to happen or a 25 minute hard ride on the indoor bike. And if not that, what about a 10 minute mobility re- routine from my app? I mean, think about all the things you can do. Do you have 10 minutes? Do you have 25 minutes? Do you have 30 minutes? Do something. If you want to be consistent, you have to reshape your beliefs, your mindset about what it means to successfully achieve a goal. Success does not mean that you had 100% good days, great workouts, and hit every single training session in your program. Success is that you didn't give up. You just kept working. No matter what the day brought you, you did something and you knew it didn't need to be perfect. It just needed to get done. So something is better than nothing. Done is better than perfect. Number four, learn to temporarily turn off your opinions and feelings. Now I say temporarily because your thoughts and feelings are very important. You don't need to harden yourself to achieve what you set out to do. However, there is an art to turning off that brain and just doing it just moving forward, just doing the action. You know, the year I won Badwater 135, so that was back in 2021. This particular ingredient was like a superpower for me, both in training and during the race. I was running very high mileage, lifting. I was running a business, traveling a lot, and also, hello, mama, and keeping up the house and social calendar. I mean, I had many, many days where I was mentally exhausted. And I would ask myself or I would, you know, I would tell myself, you know, maybe I just need a rest day. Maybe I need to be easy on myself. And before I finish the story, yes, sometimes that is what you need. But let me warn you, how often do people start to make those things a habit? They start to abuse that. They start to say, um, maybe I just need a rest day. I need to be easy on myself too much. Only you can genuinely feel what you need and determine what is best. But I say more times than not, sometimes all you need are some calories and a glass of water and a big old kick in the pants. I mean, sometimes being mentally exhausted, I, I totally get that is not the same as being physically exhausted. It can feel that way, but it's also amazing what you're able to do even when you are mentally exhausted. So just because my brain was tired, it didn't mean that I couldn't do some work. You know, I stuck to that mindset and ended up achieving a dream I had had for myself for over a decade. That mindset also came in handy because... Unfortunately, I had diarrhea that entire race in 125 degree heat in Death Valley. So um, let's just imagine how you think I felt. <laughs> Not good. All right. Not good at all. And I think the first 12 miles was maybe the only time I felt good in that race. So physically, it was rough. And this is this is that part of turning off feelings that I would had practice even in training, because my body was very fit and my training had been so f- solid. I knew that I was capable of doing what I wanted to do. It was just my intestines didn't feel great. <laughs> and so I had to go into autopilot, turn off my feelings, and just do... What I knew was capable of doing. But I had another monster to deal with. I had a time goal for that race, which I missed by several hours because I had to stop so many times to go to the bathroom. And then the depletion just slowed me down. Um, The nutritional depletion, the energy stores. I mean, I was losing a lot, it was really hard to keep stuff in. And so I just naturally was not able to run at the pace that I had trained for. So then I got mentally upset, frustrated. You see, our negative thoughts play into our performance, our pace, our effort. If you don't feel good, and then on top of it, you start beating yourself up mentally, guess what happens? Nothing good. (laughs) But here's my little secret. You know, I didn't stay in that mindset the whole entire time. Mainly because I had practiced those things in training. On my long runs, I would practice the words I was going to tell myself on race day if anything went wrong or if challenges arrived, which that did happen. So I was already prepared for the feelings and I turned all those things off and just kept pushing forward. Sometimes we have to do this first thing in the morning. You know, it's, it's 5 AM and you told yourself you're going to get up and train for an hour before the kids got up or before your first class or before you had to leave for work. But then the alarm goes off and it's cold and dark and you're so comfortable and warm in your bed. All right. You tell yourself just nine more minutes. Okay. Then the snooze button goes off. Okay. Nine more minutes. Ah, I'll get up tomorrow. Have you ever had that dialogue before? I know I have. So this is where you have to stop that right away and turn off your feelings and the whole conversation that's going on in your head and just sit up and get out of bed. You can turn off your opinions and feelings by focusing solely on the goal and what's important rather than what you're feeling. So I'll I'll tell you what, when you focus just on the goal and what it is you want to accomplish instead of how warm your bed is, um, not only will you be so proud of yourself once you have slipped your shoes on and you're 20 minutes in to your workout, but you're going to start to create that habit in your mind as well. Focus on the goal and turn off those feelings. All right. For our final ingredient, this is something that you can do as soon as you finish this podcast. And that's evaluate and reflect. It is crucial that you implement evaluating your work and reflecting on what you've done or what you can do better or what needs to change. That's the beauty of the journey. How can you grow? What did you learn? Most importantly, is the value in celebrating how far you've come. You see, we are often our worst critics. We point out our flaws every time we look in the mirror. We beat ourselves up for no good reason and sadly forget to consider and celebrate all that we have accomplished. Look back on the last four weeks, the last six months, the last two years where did you improve? What got better? What has changed in your life? What are you doing today versus what you were doing 10 years ago? You are a beautiful, invaluable work in progress. You truly are a work of art. Don't ever, ever forget that. Allow yourself to reflect as you run as you drive, when you're in the shower, or falling asleep at night, and I want you to be grateful, because the truth is, you're still here, and if you're still here, that means you still have the opportunity to work toward all that's in your heart. You still have today to try again, to correct your mistakes, to talk to that person, to make things right, to be brave, to have hope, to believe. Don't overlook the value in evaluation and reflection. When you do this, it sparks enthusiasm for where you currently are and where you're going. And enthusiasm helps you stay consistent. Your journey continues on with each day you awake, which is such a gift So don't waste a single day. Remember from where you've come and let that remind you of all that you have overcome and all you have been able to achieve. Whether it's tiny wins or massive accomplishments, it's all valuable. Friends, your ability to stay consistent is not a special talent selected for superhumans. It's your choice every day. And I would love for you to apply these ingredients and I really do believe that it'll help you get back on track and will help you stay consistent, especially when the going gets tough. I want you to know that each day I wake up, I know I have work to do. And essentially that is why we launched Do The Work this year in 2024. Because it's something that everyone can latch onto no matter where you are in your journey, no matter your age, we all have work to do. So when you get a chance, I want you to check out my online shop because you can grab a do the work t-shirt, a sweatshirt. Um, we're also going to be adding some other products, hats, lanyards. I think there's a couple new shirts and sweatshirts actually in progress as well. Sweatpants as well, um, but we'll be adding in some some products in the coming weeks. So make sure you check back regularly. But this whole idea of doing the work, it is as we explained in the previous um, podcast. It's it's a mind a mindset shift. It is, um, it's a movement to encourage one another in the work that they're doing, you know, be proud of the work that you're doing and encourage other people to do the same thing. We don't need to compare the details of our work, but all of us showing up to do what is essential to us, what is true and authentic to the, the dreams and the goals that we're working toward is so powerful. I want to thank you for allowing me to hang out with you today. I absolutely love being in your ear, and I'm so grateful that you've chosen this episode um, today. I really hope that you found some encouragement. I also want you to know that I'm proud of you just for listening, but for showing up to life today. Know that I'm always rooting for you, always, always keep choosing strong in all that you do.